0: I hit record and uh, you start going, and that's just kind of what happens. So you can just ask whenever, honestly. You know? So because you're recording right now. Aren't Absolutely, you? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Such a, laughs> no Absolutely, in. No one understands how these
1: things fucking work. Dude, you're work. such an asshole. Turn, uh, out, turn out the show, Jen. Welcome, uh, welcome to it's on the list. I'm your co-host Mason McGuire. I'm your co-host. Um, We're going to co-host Rivers Cuomo. Yes, we got Rivers Cuomo in the house. Sorry if I sound a little different than normal. (laughs) I've been jeweling a lot. Uh, Mason McGuire. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. This is Noah Marger. And And I'm Mason. I'm not Rivers Cuomo. We'll get him one day. We know Weezer's a big fan of this, but we have a guest today. We have a very special guest. Um, Um,
0: Andrew Yang is on the podcast.
1: Hey, guys. I'm running for president. Oh, you sound so
2: much different. Have you been jeweling a lot
1: recently?
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah, me and Rivers Cuomo.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> it's
1: like well we have uh it's not sorry to end, uh sorry to fucking burst your guys' bubble. It's not Andrew Yang. We will get him next week though. Um this is my friend Alan. He is a editor he is a musician.
0: Yay, yay. He, he is Waving.
1: A... <laughs> Who are you fucking waving to? <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's an editor. He's a musician. Here's the audience right here. Wave to the audience. Hello, <laughs> microphone. He's been my friend for five years. Yeah, man. And that's been a, a good five one. years for me.
2: Yeah, I knew Noah before he even knew me. That's true. I had a roommate. My freshman year roommate was like, dude, there's this kid that I went to high school with. His name's Noah Marger. Check him <laughs> out. And he like... You and uh, uh, the roommate's name was Mitchell, and you and Mitchell yep. made a bunch of videos together yep. in high school. Oh yeah. And then you ended up going to the same college Mitchell went to. Yep. So when you showed up, I already knew who you were, <laughs> and I was like, and the I first just... thing he said to me, he he's like, hey, shake I'm hands, Noah shake, shake, hands. hands. <laughs> shake hands, and he leans in and he says to me,
1: Do you remember what you said to me? Yeah, I said if you ever double cross me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That was the first thing I ever said to him That's a very Noah story I love it I I was wearing a shirt That just said The Beatles Yeah (laughs) it as well So (laughs) this guy fucks That's the origin story That guy doesn't fuck enough He thinks he fucks More (laughs) than he does (laughs) That guy does not fuck enough. Um yeah. just <laughs> lazily pulling up the Wikipedia page for both of what we're talking about today. Uh, yeah, uh, so what then, are we talking about today?
0: Uh today we are, it's a rock and roll spectacular. Sure is. Rock yeah, it and roll, is. we're getting both we're getting uh, a lot of musical episodes recently. A lot of musical episodes recently. Also, funnily enough, a lot of Jonathan a lot of a lot of the returning characters in this episode. Yeah. That's uh, some Gary Getzman. Jonathan Demi. Yeah. We all get to that. I'm we're sure gonna... if you're if you can read, you've seen the episode description, so you know what we're talking about. But to not to get too ahead of ourselves, uh, Alan brought on both. This is the Yes choices uh, episode, and he brought on Roger Waters. Is this the life we really want? Question mark.
2: Question mark. Question mark. From
0: uh, twenty seventeen. Yes. And uh, I'll just start by saying I had no idea Roger Waters had any new albums. Uh, (laughs) That's why it's underrated. Which is perfect, which is perfect, which is thank you for bringing it on the pod. Uh, So I guess that gives just kind of my history with this album. Literally, Literally never heard of it before.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I only knew Roger Waters was doing, is that Forky? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that forky? forky? We got a Forky. Here. Holy we shit. Got
0: forky pod, we, got
1: forky we got Forky on the pod, We got Forky on the pod. On the Toy pod. Story 4 is Porky. For- Porky. <laughs> we got Porky on the pod. We got Porky Forky Porky on the on pod. pod. May I put him in my hand? You can hold- yes, yes, you can have Forky. Thank you. All right, so my relationship with Forky is I saw him in Toy Story 4. <laughs> um, no, but I, uh, my uh, my relationship with Roger Waters is that the only reason I knew he was putting out solo stuff is because Alan really
2: likes Roger Waters.
1: <laughs> I told him, I'm like, Dude. And he was like, well, he literally was like, like, do you want to go see this Roger Waters movie with me? And I was like, uh, just tell me when it's happening <laughs> and then I'll say whether I can go or not. Yeah. But I like, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the only reason I knew. I didn't even really know this album before you brought it on. I'd never heard of it before. So, hey, thanks for bringing it on the pod. Uh,
2: I mean, only thank me if you liked it, <laughs> you know. Um,
1: what did you... What was? What's your relationship, if you can sort of talk a little bit about not only your relationship with Roger Waters as a solo act, but also yeah. your relationship with Pink Floyd. I know you have a lot to say, but sort of for just yeah. For,
0: yeah, the so is for the audience. For the audience, if you don't know, Roger Waters is the, the guy from Pink Floyd.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I guess... Just a little history, like, Pink Floyd, they began in 67 as just a bunch of college kids who were friends with each other. Sid Barrett uh, started the band, and if you ever talk about Pink Floyd, you got to talk about Sid Barrett. Sure. But Roger Waters was the bassist and basically Sid's friend. Sid Barrett ended up having, um, like, undiagnosed schizophrenia, and he took a lot of LSD, so he was essentially rendered not, like, able to be in the band anymore. He had essentially lost his mind. Uh, So they brought on a guy named David Gilmore to play guitar and essentially and eventually they kicked Sid out of the band and it was basically Roger Waters and David Gilmore keyboardist Rick Wright and drummer Nick Mason all making music now without their their front man who wrote all
1: the songs. And when did that
2: version of Pink
1: Floyd start to become the version we know of?
2: Now they released a lot of experimental albums between 68 and 72 that really didn't make a huge splash they were very big like as an underground band but then Dark Side of the Moon came out in 1973 where Roger Waters and David Gilmour and Rick Wright were all really working together to write a lot of great music and Roger Waters took the helm as the lead lyricist as Mm -hmm. well and Dark Side obviously exploded them yep. like into a huge arena rock band. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of
0: this Dark Side of the Moon
2: album. I'm exactly. Sure. But um, you have heard of Dark Side
1: of the Forky, right? I have heard of Darkseid of the Forky. <laughs> yeah, it came out this year. It was actually re- It's going to be released with the Toy Story 4 <laughs> part. pack. you're going to get a Forky. You're going to get an yeah, album. Yeah, if you play
0: Darkseid of the Moon starting with Toy Story 4, does it line up? Like, yeah, it, it together. <laughs> every time or Forky the- talks,
1: there's
2: a song break. <laughs> That's the big thing. That's the big
1: twist. Yeah,
2: And but, then after yeah. that, um, they had basically, you know, they call them the big four Pink Floyd albums. Sure. It's Dark Side of the Moon, which was followed by Wish You Were Here, mm-hmm. which is followed by Animals, which is followed by The Wall. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Wall is the first Pink Floyd album I listened to all the way through. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I fell madly in love with it, and uh, I listened to it in 2010 when I was in high school. Your, that was your first time hearing it. First time hearing Damn. it in high school. And then like for 7 years i just sat on that album like i wanted to literally adapt it for the stage cuz they played it live they uh, made a film yep yeah, yeah yeah which has kind of had a resurgence i don't know if you know the nostalgia critic i was ho-
0: okay i was hoping that somebody was going to bring it up <laughs> so, because i've not seen his review but i've seen the discourse around how Strange that review. It's
2: is. really weird. Yeah,
0: so the... What's Pink the Ford, deal? So the... the Are Walls you from the nostalgia critic? Yeah, I am with okay, Doug yeah, Walker. Okay. I just think he's yeah. trash, but let's He's trash. trash. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking that. trash. Doug Walker was from my hometown. Wow. Or he... I saw, Like, one time I was just driving around in my hometown I just saw him walking around the side of the road when I was in high school and I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck celeb <laughs> <laughs> And by celeb you mean let's throw him in the dumpster. Oh, right. absolutely. Yeah. I got... I discarded that... Like, I do not watch a single video by that guy made after maybe like t- twenty. 14, like, sure, Same. you yeah. know, like, when I was, like, in early college, it, it was, was, like, cringey. it was, like, I met a girl, I, like, met this girl, and I was, like, okay, I need to discard everything that I'm even slightly embarrassed about in my life, and <laughs> the first thing that went was, like, most of Channel Awesome, <laughs> or, like, just that guy, like, I still watch, oh, like, Todd God. in the Shadows, like, yeah. he's, like, the only guy that I, like, kind of, and, uh, Lindsay Ellis are like, the only two from that crowd that I keep up with, but it was, like, fuck, I can't be doing uh, this shit anymore, yeah, man, sure. trying to kiss. Absolutely,
2: I mean, I mean, it's, he's fucking embarrassing. It is know? embarrassing, yeah. which is like... Well, he's I,
0: embarrassing.
2: Yeah. I mean, his whole, like... Sh- like his stick is the embarrassing. The same yeah. outfit and the, hello, and then the... Like, when he shakes yeah, his whole, head whole, and looks up. He's man like a at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah. it's, it's anyway, we'll,
0: we'll not so, have Doug Walker on the pod, it sounds yeah, thank like. God. Or we'll only have Doug
2: Walker. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason we're talking about him is because the, the wall film had a resurgence recently because he did a an hour-long review where he... Remade the whole album, but with lyrics that, like, make fun of the album because it's bad and the movie's bad and what? it makes no sense. In fact, Anthony Fantano of Uh-oh. Needle Drop yeah, yeah. gave it a not good. He <laughs> gave his review of The Wall because he released it as an album, as, oh, like, a soundtrack did? album. Yeah. What? on Spotify. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what it's it terrible. Anyways, weird, I don't, I don't want to guy, talk about that. Weird long. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but weird, that's, weird why, that's why if Roger Waters feels like he's back in the news at all, that's why, is because this, and it was, like, honestly, like, I hadn't, until I saw, like, all those, like, kind of cringe compilations of the wall <laughs> the review, sure, I yeah. hadn't thought about Pink Floyd or Doug Walker and, like, close, well, there was, like, some other, like, controversy with former creators of Channel Awesome, like, earlier in the year, I think, or last year, mm-hmm. but I hadn't thought about Pink Floyd or Roger Waters until this review happened.
2: Yeah, so, um, like, and, Yeah. Um, so the wall, I, again, going back, like, I it, it had been made into a movie, and it had been played live on stage, and in 2010, mm-hmm. Roger Waters came back and performed The Wall sure. on stage, mm-hmm. and the, the show was unbelievable. He would build a 40-foot wall between the audience and the band mm-hmm. during the first you know, side of the album, the first half of the album. And then the whole second side would just be the band behind the wall and there would be these visuals projected onto the wall and then eventually the wall would be torn down. And we can talk about the wall like all fucking day but like essentially my relationship with Roger Waters goes to this like just love of his work sure. to the point where in college yep. I adapted the wall finally for the stage. Hell we, yeah. We played it in a little like in a, in a lecture hall. Lecture hall. Uh, at Chapman University. <laughs> Holy shit. But we I mean I we, we really pulled it together. We built not a 40 foot wall but a 10 foot wall. I was just wall. gonna say I mean it was a big wall. It was a big I mean 10 feet is like that's bigger than, tall. Bigger than, tall big. than me. Yeah Yeah,
0: <laughs> ten, yeah 10 feet um, is a tall wall. That's yeah. a good size wall. And
2: for a classroom like it was it like it was really cool like yeah. we
0: had like you know
2: uh, a cheapo light show but like you know we it, we kind of took a a book from like the david byrne sure sort of performance thing which is do it simple but effective yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like like david byrne will perform with a lamp right and it's amazing and you'll never forget it like yeah. it's amazing so that was sort of our thing going into it and then that was 2017 when i adapted when, the uh, wall when we you know yeah adapted the wall and uh few weeks later this album came out Mm. which was almost like a response to what i felt i was doing with roger waters and his work sure and it was kind of incredible because the wall you know we're playing it and this is 2017 and then then not not, not to not to not to
1: jump in here but you had a band out there you know you had live music you had Every song you guys were doing, basically a rock opera. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, you were, doing the, you were doing the wall, you had the lights, you had everything this was not just we're gonna get up there and play the wall no no this no, no. Was, this the, was the band
2: <laughs> wasn't on stage the yeah. band was in the back of the classroom and the speakers were you know on the stage you know we wired it to where it would go around the whole theater yeah. so the music would be coming out but we had it was a producers on stage I see, yeah. I see. Oh, it was okay, like okay. it was so it wasn't like a rock band thing it was like we had a band to play the music but it was essentially a pit orchestra gotcha. you know so it was a show it was a show. straight up a show. Yeah. it was awesome i loved it thanks man
1: hey you're welcome yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so give me my five dollars after the show. <laughs> I'll just like say this now: like, sure. we, we cannot talk about Roger Waters and his music and his work without getting political. Not yeah. at all. And no, it's really no, funny yeah. because, like, you know, I've seen Roger Waters live and he'll be very political and sure. people are like oh just stick with the music <laughs> get the politics out of the music and like you've obviously never heard a Pink Floyd song in your yeah, life shit. because um, it has always been this way since Dark Side of the Moon I mean like money is yeah. a political song Us and Them is An- a political animals song Animals is all political it's all political it's yeah. based. It's loosely based on Animal Farm Yeah, which if you can't see the political implications of that Go back to ninth grade. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you Mark Marin. Go back to ninth
1: grade.
2: <laughs> Get out of our studio, Mark Marin. So like when we decided to do the wall, we uh, were Right on the cusp of Trump being elected. Had he been
1: elected at that point? He had yeah. just... We, yeah. well,
2: we had the green light to do it a year before in 2016, so the campaign was happening. Sure. And as we're preparing to do the show, he gets elected. Sure, that's and right. And we had to sit back and think, do we change the show? Mm-hmm. And we decided not to change the show. I think we changed a line. Sure. And it was very subtle, but it just sort of, like, it fit better.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but we, didn't, we decided not to change it at all because we thought the wall spoke for what was happening pretty clearly without changing anything. Sure. And that just kind of goes to show how his work has just like lasted the test of time and his observations is very strong observations not just of politics but of people yeah, yeah, relationships yeah. emotions they have like literally lasted well, what's for inter- decades. What's and- interesting is how poli- mm-hmm. bo-
1: uh, both the, or not both but is this the life we really want is heavily political and then the last fourth It's almost as though it's from a different place because it's so loving and, like, politics aside, it's just so, like, about wanting to be with someone and loving someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I
0: think that that's, you know, this is the second kind of uh, uh, immediately political album from the sort of last couple years that we've had on the pod. We've talked about. Thank you for your service. We by, got it from here. Uh, by a tribe called by a Great album. Yeah. Great album. Uh, and that uh came out a week after Trump's election. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a much more, uh, and that's very much concerned. I think with Fife's death, but as term, but expanding it outward, how that just like kind of signifies the end of an era. You were going from Obama into Trump. Yeah. And yeah, there yeah. were
1: problems with Obama, and there were problems with Trump. But the problems that are on the horizon. Because the album ends with a track called The Donald. Yes. You know,
0: and, you just, you know, and it samples yeah. like his the 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 day that he his um Inauguration. Not his inauguration, but the, the like the announcement. His, the announcement that he won. Yeah. Uh, this I'm seeing now was written in this is sort of seven years recorded between twenty ten and twenty seventeen. So it is very much, I think, like uh immediate, it's also kind of immediate in its um but very Thoughtful and very yeah. considerate yep. uh, in its politics, and uh, just as f- I was only able to give it uh, this one listen to because I started a new job that is, <laughs> and, and <laughs> usually I try it. to give usually I try to give the albums that We have on here two go throughs, but I was only able to do this one once, dude. And even with this album, even if you did usually try and give albums a second list, dude, this is so fucking dense, yeah. That's yeah, the thing, so yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. To, I think just to really give it everything that's in it, I would have had to do it like maybe three or four times, yeah. but I, I gave it once. I will say that I do like the album though. Uh, I was, I'm not as big into Pink Floyd as you were, like, I think. Most, Most you, people aren't, but here's here's the point that I want. Here's the thing that I want to ask. No, what was your, do you have any relationship with Pink Floyd so, aside from this So, yeah, show. so
1: I, uh, we, you, you know those uncles that aren't your uncles, but they're 30 years older than you, so you call them uncle, even though they're like your cousin, technically? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I have an Uncle Rick, of course. Everyone's yeah. got an Uncle Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being like nine, 10 years old and going over to his house and like just starting to get into like older music or whatever Mason's walking away he does not want to hear this <laughs> at all <laughs> but so I would hear I would like talk to my uncle about like I was listening to like uh, cross your fingers here Leonard Skinner and Ooh. like stuff like that you know sorry everyone but I was listening to it I was like this fucking rocks I'm like 9 or 10 years old and he's like oh well if you like that here's some more Leonard Skinner by the way here's Animals by Pink Floyd <laughs> the complete opposite music and I listened to it and I'm like oh this sucks so bad <laughs> <laughs> this is so shitty I that hate rocks. this. Yeah. And I was like I don't like Pink Floyd. This sucks. But then I heard Dark Side of the Moon, and I was like, oh, okay, they've got some okay stuff, you know? They they got got money. They got money. I like money. (laughs) I like uh, whatever else is on that album, like, and then I was like, oh, like, in, like, late high school, oh, Great Gig in the Sky is, like, interesting, you know, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And then you've got, like, Wish You Were Here, which is, like, a beautiful little track, and I'm like, oh, okay, they got some stuff that I like. They're never, they've never been one of those, like, big bands that I've ever been super into, but then knowing Alan and knowing how much Alan likes them, I've become more appreciative of Pink Floyd and more appreciative of Roger Waters, but they are not someone that I throw on when I'm like, let's listen to Pink Floyd. Like, I don't feel yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's like one it's of the reasons.
2: Yeah, and same here, like, if I'd like, if like I make the time for Pink Floyd, sure. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and fucking do this, you know? Sure. And the reason it ticks all the boxes for me is not only like the lyrics are not something you really find. Often in, like, rock music, specifically. And not only, like, are the observations strong, but just the poetry is unbelievable. And then on top of that, the the music is so, like... You know, like, at the time I heard Pink Floyd for the first time, I was listening to a lot of prog, like King Crimson and Rush. Like, it's Uh just, like, crazy, fast-playing musicianship. And here's, you know, a prog band that really, like are focusing, they they're focusing on what they're not playing. Yeah, very minimalist. Especially this album is this the life you really want? Yeah. it's very stripped down. Yeah, which I think
1: is really interesting because he's producing this album with the guy who produces Radiohead, Radiohead. I mean, like, Nigel Godrich,
0: which yeah. I think is a match made in heaven for yeah, this right? kind of yeah, album yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah, I mean it's like Pink Floyd is kind of like pre Radiohead, you know? Yeah, like exactly.
2: It, yeah, like OK computers like if
0: if like Pink Floyd like how was the, a nineties like old how, band, yeah, it's You like know, how Paul McCartney <laughs> had that thing about how. Of, if the Beatles kept going, they'd sound like ELO. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. If Pink Floyd kept going, they'd eventually get to Radiohead.
2: Yeah, or if Pink Floyd were born at the time right, Radiohead right, was born, right. they'd
0: sound like it'd be a Radiohead. It would be know? fucking Radiohead. It's and, for
2: sure like that. Yeah, you
1: know? which is interesting. I think that you it sounds like Nigel Goodrich actually had a lot more than a, just producing. He was like playing music in yeah. this album. Yeah, no, he
2: like really took the uh, the helm on this. So um, the history of this album was that. Roger Waters wanted to make it like a stage play a or lot. like a radio play about uh, an old man and a, and a young boy. And together they're on this journey to find out, and I quote, why they're killing the children. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And Nigel was like, what? And I, was <laughs> like, and, and he, I mean, he had the gall to say the guy who came up with Darkseid and wish you were here in the fucking wall. Yeah. No, no, yeah, what yeah, the fuck yeah. are you, talking, what are you about? talking about? And he actually pulled a lot of inspiration. Like Nigel got Roger to go to a very similar place from a really underrated Pink Floyd album called The Final Cut, and that album came out after The Wall. Okay, okay, and it did not make a splash because The Wall was literally still in the charts yeah. when <laughs> when that album came out, and it was it literally says on the back. Written by Roger Waters, performed by Pink Floyd. It was essentially Mm. the first Roger Waters solo album. Sure, but that album is uh, uh, subtitled a requiem for the post-war dream. Oh wow, that's the requiem for the post-war dream. I think is this the life we really want? Is a requiem for liberty? Sure, or the post-Trump dream. The post-Trump, yeah, Yeah. or the The post-Obama dream. Yeah, the post-Obama dream. Absolutely, because it is like. There, there's a song on the final cut uh, called The Gunner's Dream, okay. which has, I think, the some of the greatest lyrics ever written. Wow, okay. Um, especially for a rock song, specifically. Um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to yeah like pull it up really quick. Pull but it up essentially, post. the idea of the final cut is that like World War II was such a huge world-changing event, obviously, but the idea after World War Two was that we're never going to ever get bad yeah, we ever did it. again. We, we
0: did we it. We fought the war, we guys. We fought
2: the war. The war to end all
0: wars. Yeah. So we
2: will never, like, our children are going to grow up in a artistic, free world. Yeah. yeah. And... It happened! It it happened! It truly happened. But then in the 70s, especially after the the counterculture revolution, there
0: was a really dark turn. Sure. And the lyrics think Yeah, I think that the uh, Americans, certain Americans were not ready to live up to the promise of the post-war. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. got immediately into the shit, like, right away. Yeah, yeah and there's... And fucked up Korea, but anyway, yeah. it's a story for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. There, there's
2: lyrics in The Gunner's Dream from the final cut that I think directly have relation to a song on this album, Is This Life We Really Want, called Broken Bones. Okay. So here's the lyrics from The Gunner's Dream. Broken it's bones. from yes. the perspective of a gunner... Uh, in the RAF, in it, uh, fighting above somewhere in England, okay. or not England, uh, mm. uh, somewhere in Europe during World War II. They've just been shot down, and the song is from his perspective as the plane is going down. Oh, shit, okay. Floating down. I want to wait for the gunner to stop shooting. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't hear that, that's uh, we're, being, we're being fired at. We
0: are, we are recording on the beaches
2: of Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: went all out for this
2: Alright, so the gunner's dream. Floating down through the clouds, memories come rushing up to meet me now. But in the space between the heavens and the corner of some foreign field, I had a dream. Goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Ma. After the service, when you're walking slowly to the car, and the silver in her hair shines in the cold November air, you hear the tolling bell and touch the silk on your lapel. And as the teardrops rise to meet the comfort of the band... You take her frail hand and hold on to the dream. A place to stay, enough to eat. Somewhere old heroes shuffle safely down the street, where you can speak out loud about your doubts and fears, and what's more, no one ever disappears. You never hear their standard issue kicking in your door. You can relax on both sides of the tracks, and maniacs don't blow holes in bands by remote control. And everyone has recourse to the law, and no one kills the children anymore. No one kills the children anymore. Night after night, going round and round my brain, his dream is driving me insane. In the corner of some foreign field, the gunner sleeps tonight. What's done is done. We cannot just write off his final scene. Take heed of the dream. Take heed. You don't even need music for that. No, you don't. That's the thing about that song. And the music of that song is... Kick-ass? I mean, it's like a piano ballad of a guy going down, and he... basically the song, moments. And what the song is about is, like, this is what I'm fighting for, a better world. Sure. Yeah. If you like and that song, can I recommend something that's not related to music at all to you? Yeah. So,
1: I think I've actually talked about... I think... Remind me if I've talked about this on the pod before, Mason, but... Mm-hmm. There's, do you know who Tobias Wolf is, the author? I think so. He's an author who writes a lot of short stories. He's got this short story called Bullet in the Brain, mm-hmm. which is insane. It's about this guy who's at a bank, and for the most of the short story, it's not very long, it's like 10-15 pages long. You think, oh, this guy's a total piece of shit. Like he hates other people, he's really <laughs> indignant, blah blah blah. And then in the middle of the uh of the middle of him basically kvetching about how frustrating other people are, there's a robbery that takes place in the bank and he gets shot. And Whoa. you get like interior monologue and memories of him in through his life, and it just flips a switch on who you think this guy is. Totally recommend that. But like, that's, that's amazing. I think I've talked about it on the pod on some other episode <coughs> before. But if you like that, check out Bullet in the Brain by type
0: Bullet in the Brain. I got a, yeah. I got a recommendation based on that. But I think I can wait till the end of the show. Oh, uh, so. you have so, so for the folks who aren't in the room with us, right which is now, everyone, which is everyone except for Forky. Forky, uh, Forky's here. Here, can uh, we put Forky right here to look at the album. Real we quick. got. Put them right there. We got the vi- We got the uh, the whole ass vinyl here with us. <laughs> yeah, also the,
2: the record here. Just because the the lyrics are printed on the sleeves, and I I figured it'd be better than just pulling on my phone. Sure, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But
0: like, you know. So what's your favorite song on this album then? Uh, favorite? Um, Do you have one? Because that's the thing that I liked I, about I, it is that like I was I put it on yesterday morning, and I was listening to it and like kind of. Uh, without me even realizing it Like three or four songs had already passed yeah. by
2: Yeah
0: um, It really fits together nicely as one As a piece of work As a piece of work, yeah, 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 yeah. As an, And, you know, it's I think the longest album we've had No, no, I think Thank You For Your Service is longer Yeah But this is close to an hour
1: Yeah
0: uh, And if you're just like really listening to it And really giving it the time That time just like complete That just time just flies past um, I think it's just incredibly listenable. In even if I'm I'm not a huge pink Floyd head uh, my kind of time with them came like end of middle school, so by the time I was getting into high school I was like, I don't need I don't need this stuff anymore. I'm listening sure. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. listen to
1: Weezer, you know, cool <laughs> shit. <Okay. laughs> Holy shit. Hey, it <laughs> uh, oh my god. Well. I- Blue Album. That's oh, like one album of my is, favorite of Blue all Blue Album is yeah.
2: the dark side of the
0: moon of the night. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's way <laughs> better than that bullshit radio and I just put in. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Uh, but all to say, I had kind of nothing to expect from this album mm-hmm. uh, except for, like, you know, Roger Waters being back in the news with the nostalgia credit. of guy like... It's fucked up that that's how it's back. And it that that yeah, sucks. Right? It does suck. And it fucking sucks. But I was like, oh, like, this is like, I understand why this guy's music is so impactful for kind of just culture and for the masses. Cause I think the thing with Pink Floyd is that it seems so big. It's hard to, everybody has a relationship to Pink Floyd, small or large. Some people are like super into it. Like you, other people are just like casually into them. Like me or Noah, but they're not a thing. They're not a band that, uh, uh, I don't know what point I'm going on here, which is why like it was like, I didn't realize that this, it came out in 2017 and it kind of yeah. just came past because it's like even if it like i it, like i saw it and then i just like kind of checked it off like okay new roger waters whatever but like sitting down listening to it i was like yeah this is like really this is really kind of spectacular this, this is really this album yeah. could
1: literally only exist for the song deja vu for yeah me that,
2: that's probably my favorite yeah. song yeah, think, yeah that, it's like the uh, second
1: uh, track of the album too and so mm-hmm. you're like listening to it and you're like holy shit and then if I may, if I may. Going, um, going, on, going. On. I think that go some of the, the go off king. The some of this for me, some of the middle of this was a little bit unlistenable for me. Okay. Some okay. of the middle tracks for me, I was like, not digging this. This I was in for deja vu, I'm like, here we go, it's time to ride. And then like picture that Last refugio is a little bit like okay like we're really starting to get a little Pink Floyd here and then uh, once we sort of got to Bird and a Gale I was kind of back into it a little bit more but there's like a middle chunk of this album for me where I I literally could have done without it Mm -hmm. because to me it just felt like we are like deep in the mind's mind like we are like in a place that is like inaccessible both in a musical way and almost in like like this like it just felt like a big dark storm cloud and like and the the album does feel like that in a lot of ways but then there are times for me i'm like this is fucking like Radiohead, Like the deepest, darkest parts of Radiohead mixed with the deepest, darkest parts of Pink Floyd and Roger Waters. So there's a point in the album for me where I was like, okay, like just to be 100 percent, you know, impartial and fair and be as objective as I can be just listening to this for the first time. But then you get back into the Bird and a Gale and you're basically going all the way down. And those last like four tracks that are all sort of like connected together blew me out of the water. So yeah. you, there's, you got high highs for me in this album and low lows for me in this gotcha. album
2: for sure. But that's peaks just and valleys here,
1: peaks and valleys. I mean, this is a peak and valley podcast. <laughs> no, it is.
2: no, Deja Vu, um, incredible is, song. A, is an incredible song, and the last refugee I think probably has the best lyrics on this. I mean. Uh, there's there's a line here, like, wading through dreams up to our knees and warm ocean swells while bathing bells soft beneath hard-bitten shells punch their iPhones, erasing the numbers of redundant lovers, and search the horizon. That was so weird to hear iPhone. But it worked. In a track. It, it does it, work. It, that's the thing, because I've heard people like, oh, you're... You, texted me, and you <laughs> broke up with me, and I'm like, ugh, and like, and like, they'll say, yeah, like, yeah, iPhone, yeah. or like, I turn, there's a there's a porcupine tree song where it's like, I'm at the, at the railroad tracks, and a song comes on my iPod, and I walk home, and I'm like, ugh.
1: Yeah. Stop. Who me. cares? Why do you
2: got a name-drop exactly. iPod? Yeah. Like, like as if it's a thing, but it's like, here, I think he's saying, he's saying like punch for iPod
0: stuck <laughs> on replay. Tony's <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 like a melody in my
2: head. But here, when he says iPhone, I mean, he's talking about the last refugee is essentially like a dream sure. of like the last refugee of all time, right? Forever in the history of the world, washing up on the shore, yeah, and entering society, and she looks around. At least how I interpret sure. the song because the, the the lyrics are yeah. so poetic, so vague. I, but yeah. she looks around, and they're like everyone's already in their own emotional I think state that of, what, I think
0: you that, know, yeah. I think that's what kind of, of what this. Uh, album is about in a way is just kind of like the hope against all available uh, uh, but the chair to my left is just echoing which is just fucking me up. It is kind of it is about the uh, kind of just hoping against all available evidence that a better world is possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like Deja Vu, you brought you mentioned Noah. Uh, the second album is uh, all about how it, the course is If I've been God with my staff and my rod, if i had been given the night, I believe I could have done a better job. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's about you know how uh, these deities whatever we put into like our our uh, uh, our belief and our hope into they they just fail us sure. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, like, with The Last Refugee, it's incredible to me that Roger Waters is writing a song about refi- the refugee crisis, and, like, immediately... Like a there's, lot I of this is about Yeah, that I don't think that too. there was a... There weren't a ton of other people, and especially not with his kind of uh, uh, prestige, his kind of draw, his kind of influence, that were kind of standing up to the, the task and speaking about the refugee crisis. Like, yeah. the only thing that other... Uh, thing I can think of that's around that time that kind of touches on it, besides like Adam Curtis's Hypernormalization, is uh, the Luca Guadagnino movie, the A Bigger Splash, which is a remake of... Is that about the refugee crisis? Well, it's a remake of... i um... It's a remake of a movie called A Bigger Splash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a remake of a movie called, I think, an Alan DeLonge movie called, I think, like, The Pool or The Swimming Pool or something like that? I don't know. But, Luca Guadagnino, which he likes to do with his... Uh, which is why it... The people who were uh, mean to Suspiria really pissed me off. Whoa. Uh, come on. Uh, I like Suspiria a lot. I like Suspiria a lot because I think it fits in a piece with what, how, uh, this is not the Luca Nino podcast, but I want to get on the fucking record with this. Whoa. All right. When get on the record. When he's rem... so far, the two movies that I've seen that have been explicit remakes have, he has applied a political context to the... Um, to the work that has just made them much better like there's that all there's the entire thing with like uh, the Berlin Wall and Suspiria. okay uh, the, the and in uh, a bigger splash it's roughly about these like kind of rich people having these like inter this like intense interpersonal crises where it's like you know someone might be fucking the daughter of somebody else or whatever okay and but around it, it takes place in, like, this village, this, like, villa in Italy, and around it is the refugee crisis. Oh, gotcha. So it's kind of like, why are we caring about what these these rich people stabbing each other in the back when there's this, like, actual crisis happening here? Yeah. Um Speak to the album, because I think I've gone yeah. off long <laughs> well, enough, I, honestly. It's, it's,
2: it's very similar. I mean, you know, like, with The Last Refugee, you know, like, uh, was, the, the, going back to the line about iPhones, to me, it's like she enters, you know, society and she sees that, like, everyone is already sort of emotionally kind of raw from their world. And it might be the Western world. It might be a very civilized world. But it's like, you know, punch their iPhones, erasing the numbers of redundant lovers and search the horizon. It's like, you know, even though we live in a very privileged, you know, first world society, we still have the same existential, you know, Longings and crisis And there's a party going on
0: <laughs> and know, like, I'm going to just Close some windows <laughs> real quick
1: They're just fucking Happy about The Last Refugee They're like, just like Dude sad. She's the last one <laughs> She's the last there's one no ever. more And uh Fuck you That's what they're saying Oh
0: they're just my neighbors That are hitting me And being nice to each other We, we love that love it,
1: We love that We love nice neighbors
0: and I th- Uh Do we want to So do you have anything else You want to talk about On the album Um yeah, we got
2: we to maybe yeah, move on probably to the move movie move on here. to the movie, yeah. But, I mean, definitely, like, check it out. There's a lot to unpack, and yeah. obviously we're, yeah, like, we talking for, like, 40 minutes, and we still haven't even unpacked everything here. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, I just love... I, I, I really like that you enjoyed, Noah, the end of the album. Yeah. Because he takes all this darkness, and like you said, it's almost unlistenable, or it's just, <laughs> like, this is just really, really fucking depressing yeah. and dark. And he essentially brings it all back to, but the point of all this is to just love. Yep. And uh, I'll, I'll end it with this. He, it's kind he of a magic trick in a lot of ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll end it with this. I saw Roger Waters at Desert Trip. Oh, and he, shit. And I remember he said this, and I wrote it down. Oh, wow. Uh, at the end of his set, right before the encore. All right, so if you're
0: li- when you're listening to this, sit down. It's very important. <laughs>
2: He says this, he says, music is an international language that transcends barriers of nationality, religion, and race, and touches us in inexplicable ways that encourage our capacity to empathize with others. There you go. And I nailed that. That's 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 the thesis statement of, is this the life we really want? Sure. And what's the answer to that question? Is this the
0: life we really want? I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about that a lot recently. Well, uh, this, this is
2: a democracy and what we all say goes. That's and, a line from the album.
1: And uh, in terms of a democracy, we all get to kind of say if we would recommend this album to someone. So based on what I've heard you say,
2: I think I know what your answer is going to be. But would you recommend this album? Uh... If uh, you're fine with the opening line, if I had been God, I would have, been, I would have done a better job. Yeah. Sure. If you're not going to get off on that, you're... Yeah, this is definitely... <laughs> it tells end. you right off the bat if you're going to like it. Yeah. But if you're fine with that, and if you're, fine, if you're fine with a lot of the strong observations I think Roger Waters has to make, and if you're interested, absolutely. Mason, do you recommend this
0: Uh, one? I think that this one, it's kind of like a Tribe Called Quest situation for me, where it's like, if this one passed you by at some point, I would say give it a shot, but it's not going to be like the first Roger Waters project I recommend to somebody, I don't think. Sure. Uh, I also don't know what that is, just because Roger Waters is kind of a big blind spot for me. Um, Actually, I lied. I think this might be like, if you can check, because this is so recent, and it's about things that people would recognize, I think. Totally. Uh, this might be a good place to get in and, and from that point you can, uh, Noah just move for you for me. Yep, goes <laughs> to me. Because uh, <laughs> like, he knows this is, I need my buddy. Uh, I think that this actually might be a good starting point for Roger Waters and then you can kind of go backwards yeah, in a way. For sure. I uh, think so. so I think that um, you know what I do, th- it's kind of I was not expecting this, but yeah, I think I do recommend this one.
1: Yeah. For me, it's a conditional recommend. Okay. I'd say you, if you already like this kind of stuff and you haven't heard it for some reason, yeah, you're going to love this album. But if you don't like this stuff, uh I would just not even try.
2: What <laughs> <laughs> if you've never heard this sort of stuff before? If you've
1: Someone never heard, never this heard stuff, Floyd or anything. Not a good place to start, I don't think. Okay. I think. I think if you're gonna start with Floyd, go Dark Side of the Moon. Sure. I think if you're gonna start with Floyd, even The Wall is probably a better starting point. And if you like The Wall, you will probably really like this album. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So-
0: all right, so now let's move on to something a little different. So different,
1: but <laughs> now a so real palette cleanser. This this thing is it
2: truly is. Do you want to do you want to intro what we're gonna talk about next? Yeah. So. Um, it's a film <laughs> written and directed by Tom <laughs> Hay. Yeah, yeah baby. Uh, that Thing You Do. Exclamation
1: point. That Thing You Do. from 96. 96. Oh, my God. The it's... Year of Our Savior, 1996. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty don't much. know what that means. Is but... that because this movie came out and this movie's a savior? I guess so. <laughs> um, this is a movie from 1996. It is an American music comedy, according to Wikipedia. Is that a fair <laughs> uh, sure. description? I think it, it
0: is a comedy about a band. Sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's definitely a comic. It's so funny. It's, I was, it was watching it last night money, yeah. and I was cracking up. I was watching it with my girlfriend. She hadn't seen it before. And uh, sh- we literally had to pause it several times. We were laughing so hard. Like the uh, "Where the Hell is the Bass Player?" Sure. Cussed at Disneyland. He's on the fucking he's yeah. <laughs> on the ride. Yeah, him,
0: like, yeah. so funny. Uh, uh, TV player. I love TV, it. TV yeah. player. TV player. Yeah. He doesn't yeah.
2: have a name. It's, it's TV a, player. It's a great movie about uh, a one-hit wonder band in the '60s. There's a lot of references the to the <laughs> Yeah, the wonders, but they spell it like the one as an O N E der keeps calling them the Oneiders classic mix it's up it's so yeah. good uh, Tom Hanks wrote and directed it and he stars in it like about the halfway point of the movie he's got like he got a nice
0: size supporting role yeah like. yeah, yeah. Um, he plays their manager they're kind of uh, that that, uh, that really helps him out Epstein. that really helps them out yeah yeah.
1: yeah no kidding the Brian Epstein or the, the record, he's a record yeah. executive yeah. not a manager but anyway doesn't yeah. matter too much anyways uh, this is a uh, what's your relationship with this movie
2: Remember TiVo? Of course I remember TiVo. <laughs> TiVo. No, this is the TiVo podcast, yeah, sponsored no. by TiVo. My <laughs> TiVo. My dad TiVo's this movie on HBO at like yeah. two in the morning, as he used to just watch movies till sure. like four Hell yeah. in the morning, and he just wouldn't sleep. And next day I come home from school, and he's like, "Alan, I TiVo'd this movie for you. Watch it. It's called That Thing You Do. Okay." so I watch it and it was weird it started in the middle because my dad was re-watching it paused it and then told me to go watch it so I just hit play don't realize it's starting like a third of the way through the movie and I was like, that was really weird, kinda of weird beginning though, and my dad was like, What's the beginning? It's like where like the symbol falls down, like where they're playing that rock show in Pittsburgh and it goes like terrible oh, And he's like, That's not the beginning of the oh movie. You God. gotta go back and watch the beginning. Oh, wow. And I watched yeah. the beginning and I honestly really liked experiencing it that way for the first time That's because like you don't have to be introduced slowly to any of these characters. Yeah, yeah you're already in it with them and then you sort of see an origin story like An origin story By watching the beginning Of the movie Uh, But that was my relationship And then I just loved it Throughout the rest of my life How old were you When you
0: saw it I was like eight
2: Oh, you were eight? A, it oh, a, wow. Because it okay. works as a
0: kid's movie. You totally. know? It work it's a, a family-friendly yeah, no, film. Yeah, there's nothing too crazy in
2: it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, uh, I had a relationship with it again because you and I went to college yep. where it was shot. Yep. Oh, they shot it at the Chapman? They shot it at, in, in Orange. So, Old Town Orange. The, okay, uh, so I
0: was wondering.
2: Yeah, the appliance store. Yeah. That we
1: walked by that place every single day. It was yeah. it yeah. Not it's called
0: Patterson's Appliance? It no. Called no. It's called Tiddlywinks Toys now. Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah,
1: we that's like right there. And then the Watsons. you see the place. Called Watson's Like something or other Like pharmacy or whatever Yeah That was a That, that place has been Revamped since then But that a place, s- that's a I real figure, place That's Army Navy store. I Navy figured there. this was yeah. shot
0: in LA Because the, they used The store, the front of the Orpheum And yeah. if you're on yes. Broadway And mm-hmm. DTLA yep. Yes uh, That's definitely yeah. LA
1: And then I think It was also shot Parts in Nevada Like parts of like Outstrained Disneyland, of like, Disneyland <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah 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 So this is a very like That was actually What kind of like, Not even to say it, I guess it threw me off But it's so startling To remember that yeah. Oh shit That's I've been there That
2: was weird for me too because yeah. i'm watching the movie and i a movie i'd watched like uh hundreds of times yeah. when i was a kid like literally so many times sure just putting on the TiVo, like yeah. you know thursday afternoon like sure. the classic and now like i've seen shows at the orpheum and i've been to disneyland and i went to school there and i'm watching it now and i'm like this is sort of weird because it's yeah. like you know when you're watching a movie and you don't know it was shot it's just what it is but now you're just like it, it kind of breaks yeah. it for a a little bit, but, you know, I work in the industry, so sure. it is kind of like a cool... It's like, for me, it's cool. Sure. You know, it's it's kind of nice
1: to see it. Um, I mean, it feels very much... And it's supposed to be Pencil- or, uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you Pennsylvania. Know? And it's just like, you know, the complete other side of the country. And I'm like, nope, I've uh, passed out right there before. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nope, I've uh, thrown up right there. Exactly. So I was like, oh, good one, Tom. You yeah. Know, like, uh, picking me up right where I left off. And in addition to that, yeah, I went
2: to a... Um, uh, a lecture by a guy named
0: Richard Chu. Uh, yeah, yes. I was gonna bring him up. Yes. a film editor. That was the, the first the thing. That was one of the first names that I wrote in my notes on the um, when the credits were going was yeah. Richard Chu because yep. I think the just the at least the the very beginning sequence like the kind of the 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 title credit montage. Yeah, impeccable, impeccable it's editing, unbelievable. Uh, Richard Chu thing. was one of the three editors that saved Star Wars. Yep. Yes, Richard Chu cut
2: star fucking yeah. the original star Wars. and
0: so let me just pull this let's just pull this up because this is if nothing else this is the podcast where we let the kind of below the line talent get their due sure uh, please. shot by so tack Fujimoto tack by, tack, this is the second tack picture we've had on the pod the first one really? was Miami Vice yep also, no, my I'm sorry. Also, uh, produced by Gary Getzman and Jonathan Demi. And Jonathan Demi, when his name popped up, I was like, Jonathan Demi? Yeah. Because I knew. Because like my mom's I know. But well, my so mom- Gary
1: Getzman and Tom Hanks are producing partners now. Yeah. Yeah. So Playtone. That's their Play- Playtone Play- is their company, and then yeah. Jonathan Demi was. Gary Getzman's like director that he would always work with. Right, so they yeah. were just kind of crossing over.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's some other of Richard Chu's uh, filmography: Star Wars Episode Four: a New Hope. Yep. Yep. Risky <laughs> Business. Real yep. Genius. Oh. Yep. Uh, the Conversation. Oh yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Shanghai Noon. <laughs> okay. All right. Stop, stop right there. <laughs> stop right there. But anyways, uh, yeah. This is this is. Um, I think my mom tried to show me this movie at some point. Yeah. At definitely a point where. Whenever my mom tried to show me a movie, it was like kind of uh, on or off whether I would like sit down and watch it or not. Like a mom movie for me was also high fidelity, and we watched that together. She's mm-hmm. like, "You gotta watch this movie." And that's like, mm-hmm. a pretty good movie. That's a yeah. great movie. I love that movie. And my mom was like, "You gotta check out that thing you're doing." <laughs> yep. like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so now <laughs> sitting down to actually watch it, I was uh, I was so uh, taken with it. It's just like a nice movie. It's, it's so, just so nice, right? So, it's that's the thing. It's like. I think I love that Tom Hanks wrote and directed. Have you seen the director's cut at all? The extended I, I cut. I have seen the
2: extended cut. I'm not a huge fan of it. Right. Because I think sh- Richard Chu was right in cutting
1: the yeah. scenes that he well, cut. Well, so yeah. we may have even talked about this this idea on the pod before. I can't remember. So spank me if you did. But uh, no, it's okay. It, but we can anyway. bring
0: back as many ideas as we want. <laughs> but like, didn't I think we've talked about We're this? We talked about it with Jennifer's body. Well, director's like, cut director's
1: thing. cuts are almost always worse. Like, uh, 99% of the time. I think that... If Other it, than Blade Runner? Yeah. Yeah. I think that if it is... If That's, it like, is, the exception of the rule. I think yeah. that
0: if, if the... the, Excuse me. If the run time is noticeably more... Like, this is a lean and mean 100 minutes, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's so... And the director's cut is 2 hours and 27 minutes. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. yeah and it's just, like... <laughs> I can understand it if he wants to do, like... If he was doing something like Nashville... Where it was really like trying to get you into a the huge, picture. A huge movie, yeah. yeah. But this is a movie about like one band with one song. One, ba- yeah, literally it's shitty,
2: yeah, or not shitty, but no shit, yeah, like yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. One Wonders. band with one yeah. song, yeah. And it's like I love that it, it, it's so. I think it's so. This movie's very clever, but not too clever. Where the name of the band is both the Wonders, one e d dash d e r s, and then Wonders, w o n d e r s, because they're a one hit wonder band. Exactly, and it's like
2: Tom Hanks says that he's like. Oh, the one hit wonders. It's a very common tale. And that's essentially Tom Hanks going, get it? (laughs) I made this movie. (laughs) Buzz? (laughs) Buzz, I made this
1: movie, Buzz.
2: (laughs) Why won't you watch it, Buzz? uh, I I love it. It's like, it's just so heartwarming. I mean, and it's funny because it came out around the same time as another, I think, heartwarming uh, rock and roll movie, Almost Famous. Yeah, a couple it's years. A, it's prior. a couple yeah. years, yeah yeah, 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 But you know, nineties movie about like a previous era in
0: music that yeah. makes you feel good inside. It's, inside.
2: it's a, it's a good. Uh, I'd say it'd be like that'd be like a great double feature. That, that would be side. a great. Yeah, feature. yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Where I think that like that one's much more like journalistically uh, indebted, and it's like much that one's much more about this is the I think well not to say that this movie isn't very much about the time that it was it takes place. Yeah. Because there is that kind of like weird like. Uh, early sixties, like kind of uh, enthusiasm, but it still takes place after Kennedy has been Yeah, exactly. Um, That's so, a good well, point. So well, nobody's well, like too funny. cynical, but there is like this kind of like. Well, keep keep going. You were about to bring up something. Well,
2: oh, oh, it's interesting you say that because it takes place in Erie, Pennsylvania, which yeah. probably like would not be as like moved on. Right. You know, yeah. And those yeah, like yeah. rural towns, which I'm from, one. Sure. We're kind of like like if if the L A is twenty nineteen. Where I come from, South Line, Michigan, and probably places like Erie, Pennsylvania, yeah. they're probably, like, 2010. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's very... It's about like 10 years behind. About 10 to 5 to 10 years behind. Yeah, which is why know? I was so
0: surprised when I found... When this movie revealed itself to take place in the 60s, because right off the bat, it's like, oh, this is, like, the 50s. This is, like, you know, doo-wop and blitz that and the other thing. Well, so it's interesting that you say
1: because I once heard... I may have been on some sort of podcast, but, like, watching... If you guys ever watched Happy Days? Yeah. Yeah. So, when I watch Happy Days... I get a nostalgia for that time. Yeah. But I have no connection to that time at all. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My parents were not born then. My parents were born in the late 60s. Same. My, you know, I have no connection to that time other than what media has shown me as that time. And then, like, you know, that mo- that show didn't come out in the 50s, though, either. It came out in the 70s. Yeah. So you have a group... I like how
0: kids these days love stranger things.
1: Pretty much. Well, so yeah. you've yeah. got a group of men from... Men, obviously, back then, it would have been men. It wouldn't have been fucking would've men. Been, yeah. Fucking men. It just would have been men. big old men. <laughs> men <laughs> sitting there, who were born in the 30s, who experienced the 50s, who are now alive in the 70s and want to kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Back to a time that I love, which is the 50s, and because everyone watched that, they were like, oh, now I have nostalgia for that time. So the fact that Tom Hanks, who was probably, I think he was born in the 50s, experienced yeah. the end of the 50s, I think he was born in 54, experienced that at the beginning of the 60s, he's it's like- It's his childhood. It's you his know. childhood, and because this is a Beatles ripoff, basically, you know, yeah, in a lot is. of ways, you know, he's like, the Beatles were 64, that's when they blew up in America, now we're going to go back to the 50s, but we're going to take 60 sensibilities, put it in the 50s, it doesn't get much more charming than that. Yeah. And that's what I think the movie really has going for it because I'm about to burst this bubble a little bit. I don't really like this movie that much, to be honest sure, with you. Sure, I find. It's really charming. It's pretty fun. But there's no
2: conflict in this movie at all. I disagree. I don't you disagree? There's absolutely, so. a conflict. Yeah. What J- Jimmy's the conflict. Jimmy, the is... the the lead uh, singer of the band, like the lead. Yeah. The, the he's the song the songwriter. Yeah, the, the guy the, who wrote the, it. Yeah. He, from Lentine's the very beginning, yeah. yeah. From the very beginning, he is a problem to everyone. He's always cynical about everything that's going on. He like does he, not yeah. appreciate anything that he's in, and eventually, his being an asshole is what. Moves the band to its demise. Sure, that's like, all fair. You know, he and, and but it's interesting because he's also the guy who essentially created it. But guy, the the drummer, you know, it's there was a lot of similarities between their history and the Beatles because it's yeah, like exactly, yeah. they you know they replace their drummer and they become super famous just like the Beatles replaced um, Pete Best right with drummer, Ringo yeah. yeah and then they became the biggest band in the world you know like it almost immediately. And uh, uh, there's a lot more references, you know, with that. But essentially, like, guy's the, the one who speeds man. up this the yeah. Her- yeah, yeah. I love that like joke at the beginning. It's like, how about oh, let's call our band the Corvettes. Is that the Corvettes or the, the Chord like, <laughs> like chords in our music. It's so funny. <laughs> and Lenny gives him this fucking face, like. Uh, Dude, Steve Zahn being in that movie, he's is crazy. On Everything he says movie. Yeah. in that movie is so funny. He's crazy. Every he's, line is hilarious. It's I like think, Jimmy yeah. says, like, "I guess I'm alone in my principles," and he like walks away like moody. And I mean, then yeah, he's it, like, "Come yeah. on!" There he goes off to write that hit song, "Alone in My Principles." <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if he was in a different movie and they recorded him separate from well,
1: I everybody think that else. That's what
0: you know to kind of to to uh, to to be on Alan's side of the conflict thing a little bit. I think that the conflict is with the. Because it's like, I think most people watching this movie know that this band is not long. Like, they don't gel together as a group. And that's what Del Patterson tells him. It's like, I've been in bands that, like, they're together for two... It's insane that this movie takes place over the span of two months and they get so meteorically... Like, they have such a meteoric rise over the two months. And then they just just fall right on their face. And I think that that's just, like you know, you look at the billboard charts from the sixties or whatever. And yeah, you have your Rolling Stones, you have your Beatles, but you have all these bands that just kind of like blipped and then just disappeared from yeah. one way or the other, sure. you know? And, and, you, it's, and you
2: only hear them on like nostalgia stage. Yeah. Or like, or like sugar, Wes Anderson emerges sugar, like a single of theirs and puts yeah. it yeah. in like, oh and then, yeah, then, be, yeah, then, yeah, then like they have, some have some a huge resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think that like, um, I, it's, I think it's just so fucking great that Tom Hanks, of all people, is the guy that, like... And I was reading that he was just, like, so bored out of his mind doing press for Forrest Gump, which is also a movie that's very indebted to sort of, like, boomer fantasy. Yeah. Um, that I love. I love that boomer yeah,
1: fantasy. Yeah, yeah. That... Tom Hanks, that movie... So, my relationship... I'm going to interrupt you hardcore right now. (laughs)
0: Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I'm pissed!
1: That's Mason on the inside (laughs) (laughs) being so mad that... (laughs) (laughs) I'm (laughs) just going to eat my... I'm eating my prowls. I (laughs) don't even fucking care. (laughs) So... I'm eight years old. <laughs> We're at a, the beach in Oregon. It's called the coast in Oregon. My oh. mom had, had this friend who let us use her beach house. They don't have anything to do there. I'm eight years old. I don't want to go in the water. I don't want to take my clothes off. I'm fucking scared, you know, of the ocean. And so she's like, well, there's this VHS of Forrest Gump. Why don't you just pop that in instead? It's like two and a half hour movie. I'm eight years old. I was like little Forrest sitting in front of the TV watching Sesame Street. I enjoyed every single second of that movie. And I literally was the first time my whole life I was like, oh, I have a favorite something. Like, yeah, straight up. That's I was cool. like, and
2: that's a good movie. Even as a kid, to be like, that's my favorite movie. Yeah, 100%. It's Forrest Gump. It's fucking classic.
1: Classic movie. And then I go to film school, tell Robert Franco, if you're ever fucking listening to this, you son of a bitch, listen to this. Yeah, say, fuck I, you, James Franco. No, Robert, tell Robert Franco, not James. I like that guy. Um, but, uh, no, I love Robert Franco. But I told him that was my favorite movie, and he went, really? That's your favorite movie? I mean, it's fine, but... That's your favorite movie? And I was like, oh, you're a complete piece of shit, but you're also a good guy and I love you. But I was like, oh, okay. And I went back and watched and I'm like, yeah, I can see why someone would say that, but like, that's a boomer fantasy I can get behind. Whereas that thing you do, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one don't think there's a ton of conflict going on, and there is conflict that exists within the band, but they don't really, they don't push that in the movie, and not that every movie has to push the conflict or whatever, some movies can be, you know, this gentle sort of breeze, and they can be something else, but I don't think this is that kind of movie, I think that this is a three-act structure, this is what happens, very for American audiences, very entertainment value-heavy, and that was my biggest problem with the movie, is that there's not a ton of conflict. And then when that third act really, it's not even the third act, it's like the last 20 minutes kick in where Jimmy, spoiler alert, where Jimmy <laughs> comes in and is basically like, well, I'm going to go off and, you know, suck my own dick for a hundred years. And he <laughs> leaves the band. I was like, oh, okay. Now, okay. I guess, what so, happens? I guess what, ha- I guess something's happening now. There's at least something in question. And then there's the, the melodrama with Liv Tyler and the lead guy. I was, could not buy that. Oh, at all. See, I'm a uh, sucker and I uh,
2: love
0: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it's softy, man. Uh, I That's the thing. I'm a
2: fucking bitch, dude. I like. I (laughs) I see that, and I'm watching it with my girlfriend. Sure. And it's like he's so nice to her and she like kid, they kiss and it's like I'm like I turn around, like I'm watching my girlfriend last night and she's like Ugh. I'm like I'm a bitch too man <laughs> it's so good I mean, I mean, I I mean it. it's a nice
1: movie it's there's nice no movie. getting
2: around that's that. a nice movie and I yeah, find yeah, it yeah. to be well here's the thing I was actually telling my coworkers I was like oh I'm gonna be on this podcast where we talk about like underrated things and I gotta bring in like a, an album and a movie and they're like oh what album and I was like Roger Waters like they like what and then I was <laughs> okay, like And out the movie that thing you do they're like and uh, keep in mind all the guys that i'm like in charge of at work they're all older than me yep. so i tell them that thing you do they're like that's that's underrated and i'm like what and they're like that, that movie was pretty big when it came out i was like was it because I, I look at it you got wikipedia up here it made in a 26 million dollar budget and it, it made 34.5 million dollars so was a success yep. but like yeah, like, no, it's, huge. Huge. it's not really remembered. It's not, like a, yeah, it's not really remembered, is the thing. And they're like, oh, I mean, I remember that damn song was on the radio all the time. Sure. Sure enough, that thing you do actually made it to, like, number 12 or something on the charts. Yeah, I like, mean, that song. And that was written by. by Adam up. Fleshinger.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh. Stacy's Mom. Stacy's Mom. Of Fountains Wayne. And uh, nominated for a fucking Oscar, too. Yeah so if you I mean that's what the other thing I was gonna say and I think I even said in my dumb letterbox review <laughs> is uh, if you like one song being played over and over again in a movie granted it's a catchy as fuck song <laughs> I, <the> trees,
0: <laughs> I
2: will find
0: you, you. I was Just like God have, you damn. Seen, have you seen Jennifer's body uh no. Good movie. <laughs> Great song in that
1: movie. <laughs> Great song in that movie. But like in this over movie... And over, if you like that thing you do, if you like
0: that song, well, guess what? You get to hear it about
1: eleven more times.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. That's, that's what kind of, a that's kind of a point. What I yeah, the thing about it so much is it does like. Everybody, every we all have these one-hit wonders. And e like one-hit wonder was not a phenomenon that was limited to the nineteen sixties. Not at all. Like you it's can apply right like, yeah, like you know. one hit wonders. Fucking, uh, That's the thing. Uh, like unless dun, you
2: dun 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 dun, 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 dun.
1: I'm so fan. Iggy oh, Azalea? Iggy oh, Iggy yeah.
2: That's a one-hit one if yes. I've ever fucking heard
0: one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah like, God. someone should make it that thing you do about her. Iggy Azalea. <laughs> Just about her ass. Or, like, here's the version, here's the, the, that thing, you, like, so when I am uh, Tom Hanks and I'm bored of doing yeah. things for, like, uh, 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 y- y- Zemeckis. Zemeckis, or, like, I'm on the thing and I'm like, I'm gonna write my fucking Wonder movie. I wanna write it about, like, Daniel Powder, the bad oh, day. Yes. Guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That yeah,
2: guy that wrote Bad
1: Day, Yes, Hoobastank. yes. We uh, love our I fucking think that, uh, yeah. I mean
0: I am uh, this is a thing that I am learning about myself talking about it on the podcast. I will give a lot of uh, I'm not like no aware. I need like a lot of conflict. Sure. If I can just sort of like be in a movie and learn something about something or feel like I have learned something about something, then that is enough for me to be like, check this out, this is a good movie. I feel like this is a good movie about the entertainment industry, and particularly the entertainment industry in the 60s. Yeah. And just how it, like, not chewed them up and spit them out, but how it, uh, it capitalized on a thing that was really special and beautiful, which was this song. And that's what's great, I think, about that thing you do, is you do hear it a million times, but for me it never lost its power yeah it never became something that i was actively sick of listening to because it's a fun poppy song yeah. and you like to get up and dance to it or and, and amanda like was like let's dance like during the oh, the second time that it came and on you get that, like
2: we danced you and know it, it was
0: wonderful and you see how it's like i maybe uh what's the what's the gym what's the main guy's name
2: guy patterson not guy
0: patterson the oh, singer the...
2: Oh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy,
0: yeah. Maybe yeah. you see Jimmy's point, and it's great that you get these, like, kind of uh, Animal House inner titles at the end saying what everybody got up to. That was cool. Yeah, that's I cool liked that
2: a lot. And, and, yeah, my girlfriend was like, wait, was this a real thing? And I was like, no, it's just, no. like, it's kind of... It's um, but you itchy. see that, like, yeah. Jimmy,
0: like, did three, like... Recorded three albums and became a record producer or something. It's like, that's kind of the life that that guy should have and would have had. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, Guy, he's, like, somebody with, like, legitimate talent, and he's, like, really into it. And he would have, like, kind of a good career as, like, a session musician or something Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of bat around. And he, like, has true love or something. So it's, like, you can kind of understand, like, the trajectory that these other people had. Like, these real-life people have had. Uh, just kind of by watching this, even if I don't have like any other documentary experience or, or thing to pull on ahead of me. So that's like what I got from it, and that's why yeah. I liked it a lot. No. It was just like enough to be like this. This is what it was like to be a one hit wonder in the sixties, which is like maybe the heyday of that kind of music. I don't know. Yeah, well,
2: you know, turning Japanese by I think the, the vapors. Yeah. yeah, the lead singer of that band is now a
0: lawyer. Oh, really? I am not even shitting uh, What yeah. is it? Uh, this is the story of a girl. That guy's like a ninth grade math teacher. Wow. Holy shit. By uh, nine days.
1: This nine days, is yeah. Is that guy's like a math... This the story of a girl. girl. What I want to know is what happened to Sixpence None the Richer and Kiss Me, because that's not fucking...
0: Rules? <laughs> I think that they're so weird. Uh, they? like so I think they're a Christian band, which mm, is the thing. No. Yeah, <laughs> Sixpence None the Richer. It's a it's a it's a Jesus it's a Jesus album. Jesus
1: band. A Jesus band. One yeah. thing I want to say real quick: we don't have a ton of time left. We're almost at our little time where we like to wrap things up. Yes. But uh, I thought a movie that you may not have thought about while watching this that I thought about was actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood interesting. I were,
0: thought about it, actually. You yeah. And yeah. you also didn't like
1: that movie. I either. didn't like that movie, and I think what the two have in common
0: is that is it the Bully Noah podcast? <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> you! Fuck you! This up. is the Noah Has Bad Taste podcast. This, this is,
1: is the
2: Noah's Standards Are Too High podcast. I, I feel like an idiot because Noah doesn't like <laughs> a
1: podcast. But, like, so I think what's both interesting about this, what That Thing You Do and Noah's About Time in Hollywood, is there are movies that aren't rife with conflict, but they really submerge you in the time period. Yes. Yeah. And that is not necessarily not enough for me. I wouldn't go as far to say that I don't need a lot of conflict in a movie. I just need a conflict
2: that I like. Sure. And, and, and that's and that's fine. Like to me, it ticked off all the boxes. I mean, I was in a band in high school. I, I had say. the exact same <laughs> dream. like there was an ass dream. There was yeah. an asshole in the band who was also the most talented. Sure. And then there was a guy who was so nice, but he fucking sucked. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It. and it's just like, how do you balance? There was that the bass out? player. There's the band. I was the bass player. <laughs> 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 TV player. I was the bass player. Yeah. And and one guy even wanted to join the military, like, in one band. Oh, wow. One, you know, so, it, like, it, like... Checked it, all the boxes. It checked all the boxes for me. And that, and I'm more than willing to say that that is why I... Sure. ...probably loved it, because I related so to valid, it. That's totally valid, dude. That's fair. And, and I totally get it. It's like, I because it's the thing. I think there is... The conflict is there. Whether or not you give a shit about it is up to you. Yeah, 100%. You know, and to me, I gave a shit about it, um... I guess... Sounds like I, No, I 100%. loved it, man. Yeah. I mean, like... Carrot boy. Sorry, I was carrot eating it. No, eating. sorry, I didn't mean to be like, uh, carrot boy. M- <laughs> if I've
0: been munching on this, if I've, if you've been here munching, it's just because I'm a little fiend for some baby carrots. You're like a little bunny. I'm a little bunny boy. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> holy fuck, dude, don't do that anymore. <laughs> holy shit. That sucks. That wasn't me. That was Forky, man. I don't know what
1: you're... <laughs> <laughs> don't put it on Forgy, bro. I think I, just bro- I
0: think I just broke Alan, actually. <laughs> holy shit. Oh no, God. I loved it. I mean, like, I didn't have any... Um, I was so happy that you brought this on the pod because I think it, and not that I've been putting off, but it's been a thing that's been kind of in my periphery. Like, I'll be at the library browsing the stacks and that thing you'll do. Yep. And I'm like, my mom said that was a good movie. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I had to rent this movie on iTunes because I couldn't, or not on iTunes, on Amazon because I couldn't Same. find it anywhere. And I, um, Burbank so. Buena Vista Branch Library, baby. Last copy. Last
2: copy. Uh, that's I library in LA is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, all LAPL. Of, all of the different branches. I've oh, yeah. been going around uh, grabbing like CDs and stuff. It's, it's incredible. incredible. We stand the LAPL on this podcast. Or um,
1: even the Burbank one that is like different than like Burbank has its own library system. Mm-hmm. The Burbank Central Library on Glen Oaks and 3rd or whatever it is, they got fucking incredible. They have like every season of a TV show as long as you have a ducking DVD player, which, you know, if you have a PS4, you have a DVD player. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all the same shit. But... Uh, does anyone have any
0: final thoughts on that thing? You I do? say I, I, this is a this is a full recommend for me. Honestly, I think I think I do think that it's it uh, the note that it ends on. It's very weird that it ends on just like this look to the camera from uh, Oba Tunde, who I've met. You met Oba Yeah, I met him. Did he, he look
2: at you like he does at the end of the movie where he looks at the camera? He looked at me and said,
1: "Stop looking at me." <laughs> 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 That's what I do. <laughs> but I met him. He actually came into one of my directing classes because he knows uh, the professor. Okay. He's a super oh, cool. That's guy. amazing. Yeah, super that's cool really guy. Cool. And he talked about how working with Brett Ratner was a pain in the ass. And I went, well, no shit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: it's Brett Ratner. So uh, um... yeah, this is a recommend for me. I think that it's it's just a good. It's you know, it's just fun. It's like you can kind of put it on wherever, whenever, and it'll just like I watched it like uh, last night at like one, like twelve thirty or one, and I just like up for the entire thing and just like in it and having a good time. Uh, so it's a full recommend. Full recommend for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, what I like about it is, like, you know, a lot of people always say, like, oh, like... Like, I I, personally, I don't like Marvel movies. Sure. A lot of people Mm. will be like, well, you just put it on, it's just, like, a good time. And I'm like, but I'm not actively, like, giving a shit about anything. Yeah. Mm. And and, and that, like, you know, just putting on a movie just because... I want to have movies that I can just do that with. Like yeah. I don't. It's like music. Like I will have Pink Floyd, but then I'll be like, "All right, TLC, let's go." Like right. I'm driving to work. Like you know. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, that's the thing. Yeah. And but like so, this is a movie that like makes me feel it's so good when movie. I pay attention. Yeah. Shen to it, attention. Attention. When I pay attention.
1: When I pay attention, bitch, motherfucking like, bitch. Yeah,
2: it's just it's just really good. And then if you do watch it, there is a lot of heart. There's a lot of substance, and and I think the biggest thing. That I would give like a recommendation or why I would recommend it is because you can feel the love made into this movie. Tom Hanks loved making this movie. You could just tell there was just like everyone was on the same page and they were all just together in on it. And that love is contagious and it comes right through the screen. And like I can't get enough of that. Yeah, I agree. His
0: his wife is in it. She has a very good part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good. She Mm -hmm. was the reason. Like I was reading on. I don't know if this is true because it's IMDb trivia, but. So it probably is. He didn't want to cast, um what, what's the name of the guy? Tom Everett Scott, Scott Tom Everett maybe. Scott. He didn't want to cast Tom Everett Scott because Tom Hanks thought that he looked too much like a young Tom Hanks. He kind of totally he does. He really does. Yeah. He yeah. Just yeah. fucking like, does. Uh, it's, uh, but uh, Rita Bolson was like, no, I think he's kind of cute. <laughs> 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 which I think is so cute, which is adorable. And they have that scene where they're flirting together at yeah, the jazz bar. Yeah, and, and like, Tom, Hanks, Tom Hanks is man enough to let his wife... Flirt with a younger version of himself. <laughs> of himself. You yeah, know? yeah. Colin Hanks is also in this. Colin is he? Hanks, yeah. Colin Hanks is the it, it, when they're at the TV station, he's the guy that is escort like the usher that's escorting Liv Tyler in. You seen him for like a second. Oh, oh. I didn't realize.
1: I that. didn't realize that either. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Noah. Okay. Uh, don't recommend this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and good night. <laughs> but not, but not, not because it's not a good movie. It's just not a movie I give a shit about. That's fair. So there you go. that's fair. That's <laughs> and it's not bad. There's nothing necessarily like quote unquote like bad about it I don't personally think that there's a ton of conflict in it and I don't think that it's explored you know to the fullest degree or what it sh- could be done but it's not a bad movie it's just a movie that I don't really care about so I don't recommend it but it's not a bad movie awesome sounds good now. Alan thanks for coming
0: Alan. on Alan thanks for having me guys Alan. I was very surprised Alan, where nice. can, uh, can folks find you? If you want to be found. you want to be found. Uh, well, um, if you watch
2: The Voice, uh, <laughs> I, I, my name is appears as the lead assistant editor for uh, Six Frames. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Shit. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you can find me there. So Blake and you'll miss him on The Voice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you're watching The Voice
1: just for that credit. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to plug? Maybe a certain band oh,
2: that you're in? Uh, oh. Something? oh, I'm... I'm in a band called the Toxhards, but we haven't really launched our shit yet. That's okay. But uh, I did cut a film that should be finished, hopefully, in December. Maybe maybe when uh, this episode comes out. Hopefully, when this episode comes out. um, It's called Chompy and the Girls. It was directed by my very good friend, Sky Braband. Uh, and I had the pleasure of editing and producing the film, so watch and out producing for the that. Uh, You're gonna get a producer. I had, credit? I ended up getting a producer oh, credit because wow. I did way more than wow. I bargained for. Hey. But, there you, there you go. go. You know, it's a it's it's a great sci-fi adventure movie, and um, I'll bring it on as an underrated movie because <laughs> <laughs> it's already time. an underrated
1: movie. Okay. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Mason. We got anything to plug?
0: We got anything to plug? We got my other podcast, The a Podcast about The Shield. We got, uh, I feel like I had something in the middle of the week that I wanted to plug but I forgot. We got, uh, My Letterboxd. I'm on Instagram also. I hot dog to Bicky. Hot dog the food to Bicky. Elizabeth to Bicky. uh, (laughs) Classic. Sky so uh, Noah, do you have anything you want to plug? Because I got a recommendation based on something that was brought up earlier on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I'll plug the movie Mister America, which is Tim Heidecker's latest venture. Saw it at the Alamo Draft House downtown with oh, cool. cool. a couple buddies. If you've never been to the Alamo Draft House downtown, it's, it's new, right? <laughs> it's pretty new. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like yeah.
0: Seventh and Fig, right? Something yes, like exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, great little theater. Expensive. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really expensive, so I wouldn't recommend going there for every movie, but like. Once in a while, great little treat. Good popcorn. You can order a fucking full meal there during your film. Really dope little location. They do like really cool little screenings. And if you live close to downtown, which I don't, but if you live close to downtown, they have a library of DVDs that they'll rent you for free. You can rent two free DVDs. No shit, really. I think it's called like Vortex Video or something like that. That's awesome. And I asked the guy, I was like, I live in the valley. This isn't super convenient for me. Is there any way that I can... Mailed them back, and he said, absolutely not. <laughs> and so I said, fuck. But that's what I'll plug. Vortex Video and the Alamo Draft House downtown. Get over there if you get yourself a chance. And not that they need me to say this, but watch Mr. America. It's really funny, and it actually feels like a legit documentary, even though it's not.
0: Uh-oh. Go for it,
1: Mason. What is your rec?
0: Uh, my rec, so you talking about the Gunner's Dream earlier reminded yeah. me of a great... 1940s Powell and Pressburger movie called The Matter of Life and Death. Oh, that's on the list for real. Stairway to Heaven. Uh, I saw it for the first time earlier this year, and the thing, uh, like, all Powell and Pressburger movies that I've seen, it's just sort of like, they're the fucking guys, man. <laughs> like, they, it's uh, it's this beautiful fantasy about uh, a a World War Two gunner that escapes death and, um, like, falls in love back on Earth, and it's kind of about the conflict between his earthly desire and his quote unquote uh, his his place up in in the heavens. Wow, what's it called? A matter of life and death. It yeah, is. I'm gonna watch the Beautiful. It. That uh, is it on Criterion Channel. Should be on Criterion Channel. Uh, it stars David Niven. Oh, classic actor. Uh, classic British actor. Yeah, and he's he's just the the movie starts with him in a plane going down and talking to a, a an American girl stationed, and then just like it's like the last his like last. He recognizes that he's about to die, and he's having like this conversation with her, and uh, it's it's just a fucking beautiful movie. Watch it, watch it. That's
1: actually been on my list for a long time. Yeah, so yeah. so fucking watch it. All I wonder right.
2: Wonder if that was an inspiration for the song. Probably. I mean, it sounds like it. Easily it could it have easily could have
0: yeah. been. been. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.